Testing, one, two, three, testing. I uh, hope everyone can hear me. It's been some time. Been a uh, a perfectly normal month, everybody. <laughs> Everything is just... <laughs> uh, the world's going great. It's going pretty good. <laughs> It's going so good, it's almost nothing to talk about. I mean, um, God, can you imagine winning this much? It is getting a little tiring, I'm telling you. One of the craziest months, I'd say, uh, that I've been alive. I suppose, but who knows? You know what? We we got plenty of room to just get crazier and crazier as we all accept our new Lord and Savior, uh, which is, I guess, just genocide. I I you know I'm trying. I I, I find it hard. I'm trying to find the balance between using humor because I need it because I can't. If uh, here's a spoiler alert, if I didn't have any funny in my life, I would have exited this bitch a long time ago. Like I would have been out, you know, just from not even from like world event shit, but from just being a sad boy, you know, just being a sad boy shit. Like I like it wouldn't even been, uh, you know, nothing uh, crazy would have had to happen. But if you remember like the emo era of music. Um, like all of that angst, all of that, you know, sad boyness, that was basically me in a lot of ways. Um, so, you know, you, you, you need some humor in, in all of this, but my God, it's, it's hard to really be too humorous about things. Um, and it's really hard to talk about anything else. I mean, you know, one of the reasons I haven't done the show for the last couple of weeks is, um, you know, I just realized that compared to other people, I don't really know shit about anything. Um, it's hard to look at everything that's been going on in uh, the Gaza Strip in particular and to listen to anybody nowadays except for people like Norm Finkelstein, uh, who has been out here really doing good work and um, doing interview after interview to explain the situation, the conflict how it came to this and to sort of break down the rationality or rather the irrationality of Israel's response. So I did not feel qualified to really talk about really anything. It was hard for me to think about anything else, but what's going on there. And for a while there was this feeling of powerlessness that I had, which was, I'm, I'm sure many of you have felt it as well, but when problems get this big, and when, uh, you know, I like to stay away from like judgments of good and evil and stuff like that, just because I, I think they're a little simplistic and they don't really describe the whole of the problem and they can get a little preachy. But when something this brazenly just immoral is happening, when you're seeing these images of kids who are suffering for 
a crime that they did not and could not commit. When you see the the kind of rubble that the city of Gaza has been bombed into, and when you understand just a little bit of the history of how these people couldn't even get out, they've been living in an open air prison. I think the more you read on it too, and the more I've I've kind of looked into this, and the more I've been trying to educate myself on this, I think that's inarguable. It's inarguable that they've been living in an open air prison. It's inarguable that they've been. Uh, they don't get to go in or out of Gaza without Israel approving it. And Israel was really not approving them leaving. I mean, it's, it, it, it's hard to look at a situation like this and not think of good and evil, or at least not think that like, to not think that, um, or to not have to directly confront the sort of depravity that we are willing uh, uh, to, uh, I guess, uh, the sort of depravity that we can uh, inflict on one another. Uh, I should know this. I mean, when I was in school for college, I, I focused on, uh, well, one of my majors, I, I majored in history and psychology, and I studied the Holocaust for history. I really just honed in on the Holocaust because I was, I wanted to realize, or I wanted to know what would compel people to do something like that, which is just a, a cold sort of calculative killing of innocent people. And you, you kind of learn during that, that we're all kind of capable of it. We don't like to think that we are, but we as human beings are capable of it. If you dehumanize people enough, if you make yourself enough of a victim, if you think that you can have any kind of, if you, if you are good enough at object, uh, uh, sort of victimizing your situation and dehumanizing a scapegoat, then an ordinary person can turn into a monster. And I think what we're seeing now is that happening again with, with uh, those in charge of the Israeli government and in large part, those in charge of the U.S. government. And um, obviously, I, I, everyone here, I'm sure, has been, or everyone listening to this has been, it's been impossible not to at least hear about Israel or, or what's going on in Gaza pretty much every day since October 7th. But I do want to review just kind of first a little bit of where we're at, then talk a little bit about why we're here not going into the history as much like I did on the last episode, but just talking about currently why we're here. And then um, Phil was kind enough to call in today to uh, provide us with some more uh, context to the, the situation in Israel uh, since he is a person more knowledgeable than I am on this. So since October 7th, uh, the attack that Hamas executed, which killed, I believe somewhere over, uh, I believe it was a thousand some odd uh, Israeli, uh, some were IDF soldiers and some were citizens and just, just civilians. Uh, since then, we have, Israel has responded in any sense of the word to anyone who's being intellectually honest about this disproportionately 
And that's putting it lightly, completely disproportionately. And uh, in a way to where their attacks have been completely unfocused, we have no, uh, put it this way, the, the death toll and the casualty toll is unacceptable. It, it is uh, astronomically, it's, it's at least tenfold greater than the casualties that Israel suffered during that attack. And, you know, I have some unfortunate statistics that we can go over first just to sort of show where we're at. I mean, Israel has uh, basically uh, most of their public officials who have made statements at this point, uh, I would say all, but I don't know that for sure. But they've basically all, everyone that I've seen has promised to raise Gaza into ruin, to burn it all down, and none of them have shown any indication that they want to stop the killings. Uh, and again, I'm talking specifically about the Israeli government, I'm not talking about the population. We'll get into a lot of this other stuff later, I'm sure, but the government. Now, we can go into the reasons why Netanyahu is responding this way, always under criminal investigation, corruption charges. He has to maintain his role as the president or as, he, as, he, as he, the, the, the leader here to, to um, uh, avoid these prosecutions. I don't – whatever. All of that is fine. There's, we don't even need to get in the minutia of all of that. We just need to know that the Israeli government is showing that all of their motivation here is to continue doing what they're doing. And what they're doing is bombing the living hell out of Gaza. Uh, so here's where we're at. So at least Al Jazeera is reporting that at least 11,240 people have been killed in Gaza alone. That includes 3,130 women who are notorious agents of ISIS and Hamas. Uh, when you think ISIS and Hamas, you think the ladies, uh, obviously. And God... And 4,630 children. <sighs> Fuck, this, it's going to be hard to make any jokes, folks. But 4,630 children. Uh, those are who have been killed. Uh, injured, there's at least 27,490 people, which include 8,663 children. Now, these numbers are almost certainly higher. Uh, Israeli security source, at least one of them has claimed that they've killed at least 20,000 in Gaza, most of them terrorists, uh, women and children. I, I'm, I'm just going to put this out there, uh, especially children. I don't think a child can be a terrorist. I'm sorry. I, maybe I have like an unpopular opinion here, but I think if you're a fucking child, I, even if you are a terrorist, you're not a terrorist. At this point, you can't treat kids like you treat people. And there's been a lot of propaganda and fake shit that Israel's been putting out, really bad propaganda, I'll say, that's trying to sort of justify killing kids. And I, <laughs> the sentence when I say it sounds ridiculous, but you tell me what, what our message are we supposed to take from a country who puts out propaganda that says 
oh, we found this Arabic copy of Mein Kampf in a child's living room in Gaza. What? Okay, a child's book of Mein Kampf is what they're claiming that they found in Arabic. So they're trying to, and, and you hear them say all the time, oh, you know, the, the children of Gaza are taught to hate the Jewish people. They're taught to hate us from birth. Why do we need to make kids evil? Well, you need to make them evil or perceived as evil if you plan on killing them. And so far, that's what's been happening. Uh, they're killing a lot of kids. Other numbers, the Ministry of Health in Gaza says there's at least 11,078 who have been killed, an additional 2,700 who are missing under the rubble. Uh, of those missing under the rubble, 1,500 are children. Uh, at least 42 journalists have been killed. That number's been going up. At least 200 medical staff, or 198 medical staff, that number's going up, have been killed. Um, 21 out of 35 hospitals are out of service. So the numbers of, you know, when you have the 27,000 plus who are injured uh, without treatment, expect those casualty, the, the death toll to, to keep rising. And then um, the Euromed Human Rights Monitor said from October 7th, to November 13th of 2023, they actually have it as 14,710 killed. Um, of which, here's the kicker, of that 14,710 killed, 13,421 were civilians. So the purpose of eradicating Hamas you are killing about 90% people who are not Hamas. 90% of people who are just people, who are just living life or trying to. Um, 3,412 3, of them are women. Uh, ladies, stop joining Hamas. If you don't want to get killed, stop joining Hamas, ladies. Why are you doing this? All right? It's always just listening to Beyonce and then joining Hamas. <laughs> That's, oh God. And of those 14,710 who have been killed, 6,220 are children, which, um, I mean, no one has to tell you how horrible that is. If you've seen any of these images coming out of Gaza, even when their internet has been cut off, even when their their um, electricity has been cut off, their power, like everything, somehow the images are coming out. And when you see them, I mean, these are, when I say kids, I'm not even talking like, teenagers and the like you see the videos these are these are babies these are god they're eight eight years old nine years old terrified uh children with limbs blown off dead 
writing, you know, there are hospitals now that have to write the names of the kids, uh, the kids' names on their limbs. Because when a bomb drops or something happens, they need to be able to identify who's dead and who's alive. So they look at the the limb and, and identify the child by the limb with the name on it. I mean, it is... Um, it's the worst shit I've ever, I, I think it's the worst shit I've ever seen. It's some of the worst shit for sure. And, uh, like I said, there's no indication so far that's going to be slowing down. And that's three thirty two thousand three hundred ten people injured. Uh, someone in the chat mentioned, uh, a lot of good stuff in the chat about stuff that we already know that we've heard. And that is, you know, worth repeating again half of gaza population is under 18 so when you're doing these kinds of bombings and attacks you got a 50 percent like rate of killing people who are adolescents of people who are under the age of 18 i saw someone in the chat uh smiley red herring talking about how more than 50 un aid workers have been killed aid workers you know the only people who join hamas more than the ladies are aid workers. Boy, do those fucking UN aid workers love joining Hamas. 49 journalists by this count, by the um, Euromed Human Rights Monitor, have been killed. Uh, 1,650, I'm sorry, 1,650,000 people have been displaced. Think, Just think of that for a second. Like, some of you have been through eviction processes. Some of you, I'm sure, have maybe at sometimes been unhoused or know someone who's been unhoused. Um, there was a person who used to come on Colin uh, pretty often, and she, you know, was unhoused. She'd be between places. She'd be, and I, I can remember there were nights when we were all talking with her or talking with each other and trying to figure things out. Now take that one person, that one person's life, and think of 1,650,000 of them. All without a home, all without a place, you know, to stay, without access to clean water, or food, or aid. Like, this is, it, 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 you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a part I have in the script I wrote for today's show where I really want to talk about the human element of it, but I, 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 and we'll get there when we get there, but I really don't want the, the human cost of this to be reduced down to just a number. Every single person who is killed, who is unhoused, who is injured, who is hurt is someone who was loved by someone or loved someone is someone who had dreams, hopes, aspirations, an entire universe around them, a whole world of possibilities and and a reality that was, you know, a, a really a real lived life that was happening. Um and anyone who's lost someone close to them knows how devastating that can be for a family. Uh we're we're talking a full-on humanitarian crisis here with the displaced people, the killed people, the destroyed units, partially destroyed units. I mean, it's showing here over 160,000 units have been partial, partially destroyed, 55,000 
200 have been completely destroyed. 117 damaged press headquarters, 221 damaged schools, 821 damaged industrial facilities, three damaged churches and 68 damaged mosques. Health staff, 198 deaths at least and 210 injuries. And 110 uh, health facilities uh, have been targeted in some way. 41 ambulances, 21 hospitals, 51 clinics. I mean, uh, and again, keep in mind that the, the Hill and others are reporting that the casualties so far might actually be higher. And they most certainly are than what we've already seen. And again, Israel is showing no signs of slowing down. No signs of slowing down. Uh, some signs of trying to ramp it up, if we're being honest. <sighs> That's Gaza. People are also being killed in the West Bank now. At least 183 have been killed. 44 children. And one woman who tried to join Hamas, obviously. Um. Uh, 2,400 people, more than that, have been injured in the West Bank. Uh, Israel, they're saying at least 1,200 people have been killed. Uh, the vast majority of those had to be during the October 7th attack. There, there's uh, no way in my mind uh, otherwise. And 5,600 people in Israel injured. I'd like to know more about that uh, to see how that how they came up with that number. But uh, I have no idea whether it'd be higher or lower. Uh, now that I think of it, I, I can't remember how many people were actually injured in the initial October 7th attack. So, um, maybe someone here more knowledgeable than me can, can talk about that. So, you know, again, the, if you've ever loved someone, even if you've never loved someone, uh, you have an entire life, you have an entire universe, you have an entire reality that affects multiple other people's lives, their futures, their, 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 their current present day situation, their reality. Um, if you've ever known anyone who's lost a loved one, a grandparent, a cousin, a parent, a sibling, uh, a child, if you know anyone who's ever lost their kid, uh, that events like that can change people forever and it can alter the trajectory of entire families and, and uh, have ripple effects. Um, I mean, some of you have profile pictures, which look like kids, you know, like your kids or someone else's kids. And, and uh, I can't imagine what it would be like to lose a child or a parent. I haven't even lost a parent at this point or a sibling, but I, I know I would be a fucking wreck and um, I just really want to emphasize the fact that every time you hear about these numbers, every one of those numbers is an entire universe of a person. It is an entire not just a universe of a person, but of their family, 
of their of everyone who knows them, interacts with them, and 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 needed them and and loved them. Um, every one of those numbers is an entire world, and um, you know the videos and the pictures and the stories that are coming out of Gaza are horrific. And I wouldn't blame a lot of you if, uh, you know, it made you lose your faith in humanity. Um, and it's, you know, I, I see uh, Maria here in the chat talking about how they're different because they're animals. That is a reference to how Israel has called uh, the people of Palestine human animals. So it's no big deal to slaughter them as they're being slaughtered. I mean, the statistic, the statistics don't lie. The numbers here are not lying, right? But it, it, that brings us to the question, you know, how can people do what they're doing here? If you knew every time that you were killing somebody or that you were killing their child, the, 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 the devastation that it was going to cause for hundreds, thousands of people, how every time you drop another bomb, you are destroying entire generations of people. If you had to deal with that, really had to cope with that and understand that, um, I think if as long as you didn't have like something clearly like the wiring was wrong in your brain in some way, uh, I don't think morally you can handle it. I couldn't handle that. I couldn't handle that. I could barely handle being a teenager. Like if I'm okay, let's let's just be honest. If I'm if if <laughs> if you've ever been like sad enough to like contemplate like I don't even know if it's worth living here. Imagine like <laughs> if you can't like if you get sad enough over like emo music, imagine destroying someone's life. <laughs> like just imagine how fucking terrible terrible and terrifying that would be. And that's what's happening every time that a bomb is being dropped. And yet, there's no signs that Israel is going to slow down. Um, and as I said, there's, there's, there, this is enough for someone to lose their faith in humanity. I'm going to tell you don't. I'm going to try to convince you not to because we'll talk a little bit about the good things that have been happening. I mean, one of the good things to bring up right now is that a lot of the propaganda, a lot of the messaging out of Israel, people aren't buying it like they used to. People are asking questions. When I tell you that uh, plenty of Jewish people now, especially across America at least, and plenty of people all across the world, are standing up to demand a ceasefire, are standing up for humanity, which is what you're doing if you're standing for a ceasefire here. Regardless of how you feel about the legitimacy of Israel versus Palestine or anything like that, a ceasefire, if you're standing up for a ceasefire, you are standing up for humanity because you're standing up for innocent people's lives. You're standing against collateral damage. You're standing against... Uh, continued firebombing. So I'm seeing a lot of people stand up for humanity, but I'm seeing a lot of people really stand up for Palestine more than I've ever seen before. Um, 
which is heartening. Of course, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's a bandaid on a decapitation. It feels like sometimes watching, right? But, uh, I'd rather have people trying to give band-aids, right? Um, I wanted to read, I, I, you know, was looking for news and, and everything on this. And I came across a poem um, from someone called M. Barry with the, the, the tagline at Skin Hungry that I, I wanted to read. Um, I came across this on Twitter today and I did think it was, uh, I just thought it was interesting. But it's called Because of Us. This morning, I learned the English word gauze, uh, finely woven medical cloth, comes from the Arabic word for Gaza, because Gazans have been skilled weavers for centuries. I wondered then, how many of our wounds have been dressed because of them, and how many of theirs have been left open because of us? Uh, I think, you know, we're talking about people with entire histories, with entire, like I said, worlds, universes around them. Uh, this is a human cost. This is a true human cost that, that we are paying both, uh, with our tax dollars and, 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 and with the actions of our government and Israel. Um, this is a cost that they say is worth paying to accomplish the goal of destroying Hamas, which, buddy, good luck, because 50% of the population is female. And you cannot stop a lady from joining Hamas, no matter what you do. <laughs> Sorry, that's stupid, but... uh. <laughs> That that's kind of funny. Could you imagine if every woman just joined Hamas, dude? <laughs> anyway, okay. I'm sorry. I just I'm trying to. We got to find a way to keep going, folks. You got to find a way to keep going. Um. So, I'm gonna go over the current positions of where we stand now. We've gone over the casualties. Let's go over where we actually stand and the U.S.'s response. And then I do want to talk about empire. I want to talk about why we're supporting these things, but I also want to take calls. And I definitely, definitely have um, uh, Phil here to to really talk more about um, uh, the situation there and, 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 and the like. Uh, but I do want to... Uh, uh, I definitely want to go over, just just finish some of the position of where we're at politically. So, okay, the, the firebombings have been going on now for over a month. Um, no signs of slowing down, potential ground invasion happening. There's some talk about potential war with Lebanon. Uh, Israel may, there's conflicting reports as to whether or not Israel's trying to get Hezbollah involved in this or not. Thinking that excuse me, think that if they spark a wider conflict, that maybe there's some kind of way that uh, the U.S. will be forced to get in or the Western allies that it has will be forced to dig in more and support it. I don't know about any of that yet. 
most of what I've read about it is 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 uh, theory and speculation, but I don't know. If you know more than me, please let me know about that. Um, but what we do know is this. Um, Israel, their government has shown no signs of stopping the bombings. Uh, Netanyahu has not said anything about slowing down the bombings. He's made several times now, or at least one time. I can't remember if he made several, but multiple administrators of uh, Israel, including Netanyahu, have made biblical references which invoke that uh, the Bible to, to basically justify that Gaza should be wiped off the map and its people should be killed. So they're giving like holy justifications for this, which is not unheard of, right? People try to use the Bible all the time to justify their own bullshit. It's there's, you know, uh, as much as the Bible has been used to help people or maybe even more so people have used it to justify their own completely immoral and unholy ends. Uh, Netanyahu uh, said that Israel will not agree to a cessation of hostilities with Hamas and uh, said that calls for a ceasefire are calls for Israel to surrender to Hamas. Again, the vast majority of people being killed are civilians. Uh, Netanyahu straight up said, you must remember what Amalek, I think it's Amalek or Amalek has done to you says our Holy Bible. First of all, let me just be clear. Uh, that's not your Holy Bible, Netanyahu. <laughs> like, we, uh, If you're talking to Christians, he, which he certainly was talking to Christians when he's invoking the Bible, uh, they, they're not the same Bible. You have the Old Testament, for the most part, that's all the same stuff. But don't pretend like you're suddenly a Christian just because you want Christian support, which is what he's doing. But when he talks about Amalek, uh, he's comparing Hamas to the nation of Amalek in a passage from the book of Samuel. And this is according to multiple sources have reporting this, but I'm relying on a report from NPR. Uh, and that passage says to smite the Amalekites or Amalekites after the nation launched a vicious surprise attack on the Jewish people. And here's what the passage actually says. Now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and spare them not but slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and ass. Um, look, the only thing in that group that I'm interested in destroying is ass. Uh, I will destroy ass 100% of the time. Everyone here knows how to destroy ass. We're a bunch of ass destroyers here for sure. Uh, infant and suckling? No, absolutely not. And if you have to justify killing children by pointing to a passage in the Bible, maybe get a different version. Maybe, I don't know. We, we, we will put together a team for a rewrite on that one. But the idea that you should destroy both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel, is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But this this is literally the justification that Israel is using to continue bombing uh, innocent people, innocent civilians. Who, again, remember, could not escape 
could not even leave the Gaza Strip if they wanted to, not without Israel's permission. You, you can't lock people in somewhere and then bomb them and blame them for being bombed when they're locked in. Like, uh, I think one thing I was very disheartened by um, was there was a march in Washington today. Now, there have been a lot of pro-Palestinian marches, which is really great. It's really something. Um, but there was a pro-Israel march today. And um, the new Speaker of the House, uh, House Speaker Mike Johnson, said that the calls for a ceasefire are outrageous. And whew, let me let me just say something here. Uh, the crowd started cheering, no ceasefire. No ceasefire, no ceasefire. And then Van Jones, the uh, he's like a CNN contributor, uh, uh, African-American guy who's uh, he received like a multimillion dollar like grant for his charity from Jeff Bezos or something like that. You know, he's he was there speaking there, too, uh, talking about how he felt he needed to speak out against the anti-Semitism, which, look, of course, we all speak out against anti-Semitism. That's shitty. Don't be a fucking anti-Semite, dude. Don't be a dick. That's pretty clear. But calling for a ceasefire in no world is anti-Semitism. Okay? In what world is calling for less people to die, innocent people to die, anti-Semitic? It's not. But Israel wants to make it seem like it is and conflate it with it so that they get people to shut the fuck up. That's what Israel needs people to do, is they need people to shut up and let them keep bombing, let them keep committing a genocide. Because that's what it is. You know, I I don't see how you can, I, I haven't seen, I guess there is a credible argument as to whether or not it's an ethnic cleansing or a genocide, but Norm Finkelstein has kind of put that to rest. If they can't escape, if they can't leave, well, it's a genocide. You're killing a specific population of people for what? Because. Because they're that population of people. Um, but, you know, chanting no ceasefire, no ceasefire. My question is why? Why would anybody oppose a ceasefire? Well, let me, let me, let me first complete the Van Jones point. Van Jones spoke at this rally, too. And he said, I'm a peace guy. I pray for peace. No more rockets from Gaza and no more bombs falling down on the people of Gaza. And the crowd? The crowd started chanting, no ceasefire, again. I, <laughs> he's calling for bombs to stop being dropped on innocent people. That should be, to any sane person, uh, and most unsane people, most insane people, to be honest. Uh, that should be uncontroversial. Please don't kill innocent people. Please don't kill civilians. And the crowd said, no ceasefire, no ceasefire, started chanting it. Uh, my question is why? And why would anybody oppose a ceasefire right now? And honestly, too, if you do happen to oppose a ceasefire, please let me know. 
Um, I would love to hear because I haven't heard a single justification, a single credible explanation why the continued bombings and the continued destruction in, is necessary. I haven't even heard an adequate exp explanation yet as to what the bombings are even accomplishing besides creating more terrorists, besides creating more Hamas for future generations. So why would anyone oppose a ceasefire? I don't understand that. I really don't. I think the only way that you can oppose a ceasefire is if you're okay with the killing to continue, if you want the destruction to continue. Um, but again, I'm open to uh, other opinions on that. Uh, other people in Israel's foreign ministers, or other people in Israel who are in the government, they're foreign ministers, uh, generals, public officials, multiple of them have called for the total eradication of Gaza. Uh, many have been more outright in their calls for the destruction of Gaza than others, more forthcoming than others. Uh, but it is universally seems to be the general opinion. <laughs> uh, you've seen reports of people being arrested for posting statuses in Israel on their Facebook, Facebook status that says, I cry for what's going on in Gaza and the like, for showing any sympathy with, with the Palestinian people. People are being uh, arrested. They're, uh, Israel's trying to shut down their voices. It's a mess. It's so ironic because so much of this is so similar to the sort of fascism that we saw out of Israel, uh, I'm sorry, out of uh, Germany when it was being done to the Jews. And you would think that they would learn that this lesson would be, you know, understood. Like, my God, do you think this is a good way to go? Do you think this is the right way to do things? But there, it seems the people in the government there are, are completely blind to it. And their propaganda is terrible. Their propaganda about the Palestinians is terrible. Babies are being beheaded. Uh, women are being raped. I still haven't seen any proof of that. While they are literally killing babies. And now they're advertising. I mean, th this is how bad the propaganda has gotten. They have literal actors, like Mexican-Israeli actors, who are pretending to be Palestinian nurses in Gaza, saying that they support Israel's continued bombings. <laughs> it's an actor with a Mexican accent <laughs> speaking Arabic and trying to be like an Israeli Mexican talking about how uh, I love Israel so much they should keep bombing Gaza or how they support this. Uh, it, it's, it's like they're not even trying. And here's one thing. I think if you get so – if you've been so brazenly evil – I hate to say that, but if you've been so brazenly, like, fascistic, you get used to not having to justify shit to people. You get used to just, oh, we just come up with some bullshit explanation, everyone just buys it, and if they don't, we call them anti-Semitic, and that's it. So their creativity and coming up with actual believable propaganda is fucking insane, right? It's, 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 they, they don't have any creativity in coming up with propaganda. So it's almost a slap in the face every time we see some bullshit propaganda to justify 
their actions because it's so blatantly fake. Um, and just the last part about Israel's response so far that I want to talk about is that, look, they, they're talking about there's no ceasefire until Hamas is destroyed. That is an unachievable goal. How? How, Sway? How are you going to destroy all of Hamas? Are you going to destroy an idea? Did no one see V for Vendetta? Did no one read V for Vendetta? You can't kill an idea, dude. You can't kill an idea. And look, it it is unachievable, okay? It's just it's just here's one other thing to say about it, right? Let's say it were achievable. Let's say you could kill every last member of Hamas, right? Do you think, do you think that this is the way, that this is somehow going to, this method of continuing to bomb civilians is somehow going to stop Hamas from ever coming back? When peace is not an option, war is the only recourse. And what can the people right now in Gaza, what can the people in Gaza right now do to ensure peace? What can the people of Gaza do right now to stop the bombings, even if they want to? What could they do? Is there anything they can do? Is there any way they can negotiate with Israel to stop the bombings? If they give up everyone, if they give up half their population and say they're Hamas, will that stop it? The ball is in Israel's court here entirely. And I believe there's nothing that the people of Gaza can do to stop the bombs from dropping. Nothing. What are they going to do? Put it in the comments. Add it to the chat. Come up with your theory. And every time you drop a bomb on some innocent civilians and some brother has to watch or dig through the rubble to find his infant sister blackened and dead in his mother's arms, you think that guy's not going to start picking up a gun and hate you for the rest of his fucking life? I know what I would do if you did that to me. I know that I would not be beyond being radicalized. So what is the plan here? And here's the here's the real kicker though. They say that the goal is to eliminate Hamas. That's never been the goal. I don't believe them. I do not believe Netanyahu for a second. This is someone who in the past has supported the creation of Hamas, has propped them up because it was good for him politically. The state of Israel was trying to weaken the PLO and started propping up Hamas. And guess what? If they really wanted to stop Hamas, go to fucking Qatar, dude, where the leaders of Hamas currently are. The fact that all of us know that the whole world knows that the leaders of Hamas are not in Gaza? 
yet the bombings are all happening in Gaza? You tell me. Does that seem like someone who is bombing a place where the enemy's not even at, where the leaders of the enemy are not even at? Does that sound like someone who wants to stop the actual enemy? Or does it sound like a bullshit excuse to give retributive pain, to get revenge? I don't believe them. I don't believe that they want to stop Hamas. I believe that they, uh, and even if they did, even if that's truly what they want, this is the stupidest way to do it. And you know how I know that? We just went through Iraq and Afghanistan. Ask us. Did we stop ISIS? The Taliban? No. No. In fact, Taliban runs Afghanistan now. So glad we put trillions of dollars into that. And here we are now, Israel doing the same shit. And Biden being too chicken shit to tell him to fucking stop. And that's where we'll go to next. And then we'll take some callers. Uh, why is the U.S. responding in the way that it has? Now, initially, the U.S. basically proclaimed unanimous, unconditional support for Israel. And now when I say the U.S., just like when I say Israel, I'm talking about the people in charge, okay? U.S. people, you, you, you pull us. Most of us, I believe, want a ceasefire. Because, duh, it makes sense. But not our leaders. Because, uh, well, frankly, when have they given a, a damn in the last 20, 30, 40 years what the populace actually wanted? Uh, Secretary Blinken uh, said that there were no red lines for Israel's response to Gaza. No red lines. I would, if, I were in that, if I were the reporter who had asked that question, if there were any red lines, I'd have some follow-up questions. I'd be like, okay, so Blinken, if they say that they need to take your wife and stick a, uh, a stick of dynamite up, dynamite up her ass and shoot her out of a fucking bazooka strategically into the uh, Hamas tunnels to uh, uh, light up the way so that they can go in with guns and kill them, is that a red line for you? Can they stick a piece of dynamite up your ass and put you in a catapult and catapult you or trebuchet and trebuchet you over the wall of Gaza and fire off a firework that connects perfectly with the stick of the wick of dynamite in your ass while you are midair and you just explode in a big uh death ball firework to destroy a hospital in Gaza in order to uh, strengthen Israel's strategic position. Would that be a red line for you, sir? I don't know. You know, that's, that's the thing. It, it is, it is, you know, part of me thinks Blinken would say, no, there's no red lines. That's a ridiculous response to have when you are funding the war, when you are funding and, and helping with that effort, when you have committed yourself entirely, unanimously, as Biden did, to Israel's cause. If they don't have red lines, then what moral high ground can you actually claim as a nation? So much of America's foreign policy after World War II was based on like being the good imperial power 
in the eyes of many. At least that's what the perception was supposed to be, right? We can go into the history and clearly show that's not what the reality was, but that's what the perception was supposed to be. The shining city on the hill, as Ronald Reagan put it. Letting people commit genocide is, you can't have a moral high ground there. You can't sit here and talk shit about how Russia are a bunch of genocidal murderers of the Ukrainians and then stand right by your ally and watch them do it worse. Watch them do a nastier version of all that undemocratic, vicious, genocidal nastiness that you just put on Russia. If you're going to have morals, you're going to have morals. If you're going to have a real standpoint, you're, you better have a real standpoint for this shit. And we don't. Um, I've talked before about some of the other initial responses. I mean, Corinne Jean-Pierre, when she was uh, asked about a ceasefire, you know, back, this was earlier after it happened, uh, you know, when there are people in Congress who are calling for a ceasefire, she said, uh, I want to be very clear about some of those statements. We believe they are wrong. We believe they're repugnant and we believe they're disgraceful. Calling for a ceasefire is repugnant and disgraceful. Our condemnation belongs squarely with terrorists who have brutally murdered, raped, kidnapped hundreds, hundreds of Israelis. There could be no equivocation about that. There are not two sides here. There are not two sides. Well, how about after 16,000 are killed? 6,000 or more of which are children. Do you care about kids or not? Do you care about the 90% plus civilian death rate or not? We don't. It is, uh, you know, now that we are about a month and a half in, you know, you're starting to see a bit more dissent, but it's weak dissent, at least from the, the elected officials and, and the state. Uh, members of the squad, I think, have been calling for a ceasefire. I do think Rashida uh, Tlaib. Um, I, I've respected her voice here. I, I know she was censured for bullshit-ass reasons when other members of Congress are actually calling for all of Gaza to become a parking lot. Uh but that should be the bare minimum, you know. I'm not trying to take away their 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 uh, anything from them, but calling for a ceasefire, calling for some civility here uh, at a bare minimum uh, is what everyone should be doing. I think Dick Durbin. I was surprised Dick Durbin called for a ceasefire. Um, at least you have Macron now calling for a ceasefire. We'll see what happens with that. I'm 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 unsure. Uh, but uh, I, I I don't know. I I don't know. Um. Um, so here we are with, with, I mean, here we are. And the main reason why I did this is, you know, I, I think we can all agree that America is kind of like an empire, right? It's an empire. It is a, a, a power, the powerhouse of the world, uh, who a lot of its interests rely on us maintaining, uh, keeping certain nations in poverty, uh, having control over certain other countries and, 
you know, kind of maintaining a, a military force that is always threatening implicitly everyone else in every other nation with a really big stick if they get out of line. And to some people who have seen America differently, and I say this as someone who myself, as much as I talk shit about America, I do love, I, I hate to say it, but I kind of still love this country. I love, I, I think, I know it's dumb, but I think there, I can't pretend like when I, when I read something like all men are created equal, that I don't vibe with that, even though I understand that the nation has never really lived up to that promise. But there's truth there. I don't think it's like, you know, I don't know about uh, America should be the greatest country is the greatest country in the world. I'm not even saying any of that, but uh, I, I don't know. I like being here. Uh, and I like the people here. And I think that we could be better. But when you're an empire, I just really want to say that uh, and really want to show that your ideals, your morality, your everything is completely secondary to uh, your aims as an empire, to what you really want, to what you really need. We just had an entire news cycle for several years about a war in Ukraine, them being invaded, uh, and the United States kind of pushing a proxy war there and saying, hey, we have to do this because of democracy and freedom. We have to do this because a sovereign nation is being forced by a, a, an aggressor to give up land and resources, and, and that stands against freedom. And we stand for freedom and equality. So we have to do it out of a moral obligation. We have to support Ukraine. Uh, what the Russian army is doing in Ukraine, we would say, is, is evil. And look, it is. Killing civilians to me is always going to be evil. Even when Hamas does it, even when everyone does it. Now, we can talk all day about the different justifications or whether one is more morally justified than the other. But at the end of the day, you killed a fucking civilian, dude. Uh, at a certain point, that's... I'm not, I'm not cool with that. I'm not cool with that. But yeah, here we are saying Russia is killing, they're murdering, they're doing terrible war crimes. And look, uh, I don't have any reason to doubt that. You know, I haven't followed the, the, the individual sort of war crimes that have been happening in, in Ukraine as much, but I have no reason to doubt that. Uh, yet we turn around after condemning those war crimes, condemning that kind of behavior and talking about f sovereignty and freedom and equality and these values. And we turn around and we see our own ally doing something even worse, an even worse version of these things, keeping people in an open-air prison without resources, without access to clean drinking water, without access to sovereignty for years. And now we see them bombing at a rate that's unprecedented. 
with killing even more civilians, even more, even more, even more civilians. Uh, and yet we say suddenly, you know, suddenly we have no more tears for the innocents. Suddenly we have no more uh, room for dissent. Suddenly we're not talking about democracy so much. And we're not even talking about civilians as, as war crimes. We're talking to, about them as unfortunate casualties of a necessary war. We're talking about Israel has a right to defend itself. Keep in mind, okay, that bombing civilians in an open-air prison is not self-defense. Don't let them fool you. In what way is that defending Israel? How is creating more generations of terrorists and destroying hundreds and thousands and millions of lives self-defense? I'm sorry, but if Hitler says he has to defend Germany from the Jews who have ruined its culture and its people and everything, that's not self-defense, fuck that guy. There's no, there's no world where you can convince me that that's self-defense. But, you know, the sort of blatant hypocrisy that America has to show in its stances here is a function of what empire is truly all about. And I want to I be clear here that, you know, there are many types of, of, of empires and there, there are different purposes for them. Um, but far and away, most empires really are really about a couple of things. They seek to expand their territory uh, and their control of resources, trade routes and economic activities. And it is a, it's first and foremost about power and control, money, power, and control. The acquisition of new territories means access to new markets, raw materials, and wealth. Uh, could be mo motivated by the need for perceived military security and controlling strategically important regions. Uh, they can, you know, an empire can protect itself from external threats and potential invasions and yada, 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 right? And if you want to have a consistent view of why America is taking the stances that it's taking, look no further than that, right? The first purpose of America as it's being run now in our foreign policy is not first to spread democracy or give people more freedom or do any of these things. It's to protect its interests, its empire. We can't have uh, the Middle Eastern countries being too sovereign. They need to know that we can strike them from Israel if they get all uppity. If they don't do what we say, if they don't, we need a strategic point to beat the ass. Ukraine, same thing. You expand the NATO borders all the way up through Ukraine or trying to go to, to Ukraine to get closer and closer to Russia just to let them know, hey, if you look at us funny, we'll beat your ass. So the... 
the morality that we espouse is always going to come secondary to that end until we get away from that kind of empire mentality um, until we actually change that. And I will take some callers now, but one thing I want to say is uh, there are ways to change it. There are ways to change it. You know, usually I'm not one for calling your representative or doing any of that stuff. I, I don't know how effective it is. I think this time you should do it. Uh, I know we want to feel more powerful. There are probably a lot more things that we can do that are a lot more powerful than this. But look, I, sometimes being loud is effective to at least keep a message from being buried in the news cycle, in the political consciousness, in the public consciousness. Um, and I think that's, I do think certain people will start to, maybe not all of them come around to the position, but they'll start to feel the heat. And if nothing else, we can at least start to organize around uh, the people who sign the petitions, the people who are calling, the people who are actually getting active about it. So I'm putting a website called ceasefiretoday.com up, which has several ways to start doing anything. And look, even if it's small, I think at this point doing anything is worse and is, is much better than doing nothing. Um, I would like to talk more about more effective ways we can organize. But um, an empire cannot run without the uh, the obedience of its citizens. And I don't think now is the time to be obedient. I think now is the time to be a little rowdy. So ladies, if you are thinking about joining Hamas... Here's your window. <laughs> and I agree with uh, Derek saying, stop holding hands with Democrats and Republicans. Start holding them personally accountable for the disgusting, murderous, and treasonous actions of their scummy political parties. I agree with that entirely. Um, uh, great. That's really all I got. Uh, let's take some calls. Phil had to take off, unfortunately. Um, I talked a little too long. So hopefully, uh, if he gets back, that'd be great. But if not, uh, we got plenty of people to talk. So, uh, Jonathan, uh, go ahead and unmute yourself and, and welcome back. But long time no talk. How you been, man? Oh, I'm okay. How are you? You know, doing, uh, doing about as well as you can, <laughs> all things considered. Yeah. I was, I, I, when I hit the call button, it was about that. You were saying something like, if you don't, they must not really understand what they're doing because if you did, you would not be able to live with yourself. Yeah. And right. Like you're like a good person and that's great, but I think it's keeping you from seeing that that's wrong as yeah. a person who's not that good of a person. Let me tell you that they, I think they have a full understanding of what they're doing and love it. And I know people like that. 
And uh, there are times in my life I could have been a person like that. And it is, it is biblical. And it is, you know, salt to earth, total destruction. And people get off on that sort of stuff. Yeah, I can I could see that. I just think you need some form of magical thinking to get over what I think is like the innately uh, more humane part of most people. Like, think about it. They Why do they love it for the biblical? Well, some of them could be using the Bible as an excuse just to kill people. Look, we all know people who have joined the military for exactly those reasons, and they exist. But usually they were kind of a fucked up kid with maybe not the best kind of life at home and learned how to be edgy and found some kind of identity and being like a fuck the whole world kind of mentality, right? There's, there's, there's no, like, when I say that you're going against like the natural human instinct, I mean that you need to build up a narrative to kill people like that. The narrative is just one of an in-group and an out-group. Yeah, but the in-group and the out-group is sometimes enough. I mean, look, to yeah, call them it is human enough. animals, it is. to call them human animals, to call them vermin, to believe in the lies about them and then use th- their destruction as a way to like, I don't know, take out your daddy issues or whatever it is that you got going on. Like, that is enough. I just, I, I just feel like if they're forced to confront it, if you were ever have, having to force to like look at it face to face as a not like if you didn't if if you didn't have that element of um otherness suddenly it becomes much harder if you That's had true, yeah. any kind of connection that they were they could be your mom that they could be your brother that they could be your sister uh someone you yeah, I, I agree that without the otherness it would be almost impossible but they definitely have the otherness and mo- yep. I think most people do have that kind of otherness yeah and- yeah, I also agree uh, when you said you don't buy that it's about Hamas. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. It's the mm-hmm. Hamas is like our Al Qaeda. You know, it's like oh, we're just mm-hmm. going to get this small group. Well, whoever right. you want to target can be you know two degrees of separation away from that group. Right. They're as likely to have a sympathizer in their household as you are to have a, a libertarian in yours. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. As far as the you know the book of samuel when I, I think the person to whom samuel was speaking was the first king of israel was saul and he's like you're going to go do you're going to raise it you're going to salt the earth but saul doesn't do that and here's where it gets really fucked up he brings he, he has the choicest cattle and brings them back and he lets the king live because the king is not supposed to, he's like thinks it's uncouth to kill another king and then samuel walks in the tent pulls Saul's sword out of his sheath, walks over to the Amalekite king and shoves it through his gut. King drops dead. Samuel goes back over to Saul and says, I told you to kill everyone and you didn't listen. So you're going to be unseated and David's going to be king instead. And the implication there is the whole thing, like God knew he wouldn't do it. He just wanted David to be king. Hmm. And there was, there was sort of his play, his long game excuse to put David on the throne. Well, and that, but that doesn't mean that he wanted David on the throne because he knew David could salt the earth and would continue to do so. He really knew how to complete a genocide. Even earlier, way like generations, a thousand years before that, 
Joshua stopped the sun in the sky. God stopped the sun in the sky so that Joshua could kill his retreating enemies down to the last person. So no one of that tribe born would ever be able to raise a sword ever again. So like it's 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 riddled with with genocide and and the love of genocide is is in that and the the people who are religious in that sense have a very keen sense of history in that way and kind of revel in it and and I'm not saying this is especially true of yeah. Israelites and I, I think right. again that's true of everybody if you as a group it's like that remember Men in Black he's like. A person is smart, but people are stupid, panicky, dangerous animals. Yeah. You know it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think there, there's a lot of truth in that. The first thing I'll say with the Bible, like if that's, if you believe that is a God that you're willing to follow, I think you have a bad God. I have to be honest about it. I, I you know, I still, I'm going to have a hard time for my whole life ever calling myself not a Christian, even though it's, I, I don't believe in, I don't even really believe in any of the Bible, right? I'd like who, who knows what the hell any of this, I don't believe in any of the miracles. I don't believe in any of that stuff really. Uh, but it is like, it's tough when you've been raised with something that like really gave you a lot of hope and purpose and, 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 I'm, I'm, that's like a psychological journey I have to take. But what I will say is if I go to hell for not committing a, a genocide, burn me. If I go to hell for not committing a genocide, burn me. Because that right, is a but cruel, that, but cruel. What God is wants is, is what they're, the God of the Old Testament wants is for you to be able to do that. The, but he, he it's, stopped. It's he, stopped it's he knew Stahl wouldn't do it. But the test yeah. was that he would do it. He, he knew he, 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 when Abraham went to kill Isaac, God stopped him, but he yeah. needed to know that he would. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, I think that's, it's interesting that the old Testament, um, you know, uh, I've been thinking a lot about the differences between the old and the new Testament now in, in recent kind of years, honestly, but it's, it shouldn't even be between the same cover. You're, you're looking at a book yeah, written it's, by it's, totally different people, very different, a thousand yeah. years apart for a totally different audience. Yeah. And it's like having the Odyssey and, and Xena warrior princess in the same, in the same tome. It's okay. You could do that, but it would be yeah. kind of silly. And that's how yeah. I think of the old and new testaments being in between the same two covers. It is very interesting to see them. Right. And I, I mean, that's the whole point. The fact that, uh, you know, Jesus, when he came down, was not like uh, hard ass enough that kind of caused a split in the church to begin with uh, the old from the New Testament, uh, because I thought, it, you know, I can understand if you had been worshiping a God that had been all about, like, kill every last one of them. And then some guy comes along and he's like, mm, would you guys like some fish and some bread, maybe a little wine? You're like, who is this guy? What's he doing? Like, uh, I could, well, you know, I, as I said, in the, very, magic the very first episode of, of my, my show, I said that the Constantine on his deathbed picked that because he wanted, uh, people who rendered unto Caesar that, which was Caesar's, they pay their taxes and they believe right. that the meek will inherit the earth or that they'll be rewarded in the afterlife. Cause you know, then you'll just be a slave your whole life. And right. you believe that there's this place. Cause you notice in the old Testament, there's no heaven. 
There yeah. is there's no hell either. There's a place called yeah. Sheol, but that's more akin yeah. to no, absolute nothing, nothingness and never having been is what it's yeah. more like. But heaven and hell are something that allow you to believe that all good deeds will be rewarded and all bad deeds punished in proportion. It, what a convenient thing to believe. It is. It is very convenient. And I, I, I am not at all. Uh, I think there are very good reasons to think that Christianity in general was used mainly as a control method to get people to be good little um, obedient good like slaves. Good citizens. Yeah. I, I think citizen that and slave are, yeah, you know, but in the but, age of empire, they're the same thing. And I totally see that. And actually, um, ContraPoints has a pretty good video where she mentions uh, that as well, like master and slave morality and kind of goes into Nietzsche and, 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 and the likes and how the different moral systems were applied really to different classes of people to get different outcomes from them, right? Like, um, you know, the rich and the powerful take what they want and should conquer the earth and kill all and blah, blah, blah. But then the other people should obey and turn the other cheek to, to have someone slap it. And I, I acknowledge is yeah. always for the poor. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I acknowledge that. Uh, but I can't say that I don't feel like there's something. Uh, and maybe I'm just an ushy gushy guy. Actually, I know I'm an ushy gushy guy. I'm just a sensitive boy. So like, there's a lot of this that just is me, but there's something powerful about forgiveness, about helping someone instead of hurting them, about redemption, about someone who does wrong and hurts people who decides no more, and they take a step to do something else. They, To me, I cannot deny the power that that has had in my own life. It doesn't need to be connected with Christianity. It doesn't really need to be connected with anything. The best thing about Christianity, maybe the only good thing, is forgiveness. But in my experience, the most Christian people or most self-proclaiming Christian are the least forgiving, which is ironic. I think that's uh, fair, yeah. Old Testament people were uh, really believed the good parts of what they they would – be attuned to the passages about the orphan, the stranger, and the widow, and yep. how you treat those people. That they yep. clearly, that all those forgiveness and all that—that's only for the in group. It's only for the in group, and you can't have a religion like that either of them, without excluding most people who don't wear this correct hat on the correct day of the week or whatever it is that you do to signify that identity. Yeah, yeah, this, no, I think yeah, yeah. So right where I'm right down the street from where I'm at, there's a place called American beach mm-hmm. and it's a historically black place that has a lot of holdouts that won't sell as a mile up the beach, which is straight West from where I'm at is the, the Omni resort and the Ritz Carlton and, mm-hmm. you know, places that have been heavily developed and heavily gentrified. So they don't want to sell the, the black uh, landowners just a few miles South don't want to sell because they don't want it gentrified. And yeah, okay. I, I get that. But, you know, if, if the landowners of American Beach were, were white and wouldn't sell, what they would get is a land lease option. They would get sort of uh, that people would rent from them on certain right. conditions. Right. And right. that would be built up too and developed. But they're never going to get those offers because they're not in the in-group. And that's Gaza. Like, why isn't there a Trump hotel in Gaza City? It would have, you know. Because the the land ownership, the person who holds the deed is not in the in group. You ever seen that movie, uh, Inherent Vice? No, Same I thing. haven't. 
Yeah. You uh, if watch Chinatown and then Inherent Vice back to back sometime. But it's the same concept at play. It's the same, you know, concept. It, you buy land when there's blood in the streets. So you're going to watch Ukraine being bought up by us. And you're going to pretty soon see Gaza get parsed up. It's easy to, somebody's going to get patted on the back for getting their ceasefire, ceasefire, but only when it's all rubble, you know? Yeah. 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 Cause, cause again, you're right. It's not about Hamas. It's about raising that place to the ground and sowing discontent and creating more terrorists. Isn't it a bug? That's a feature. It's all part yeah. of the divide and, and conquer strategy. See, see, th- th- that's, that's the part that I think I find the most uh, detestable is you have people who are actively, you know, I, they're actively trying to create more terrorists because it solidifies their power there. Right. It, and, it our makes power them, is and it makes them more necessary, right? A populace of people in Israel who are constantly fearful of a terrorist threat that can erupt in an October 7th at any time, cling harder to a fist that protects that, that claims to protect them when, you know, the other hand is actually creating the terrorists so that its citizens um, need the fist. It is, it is shit like that. You know, that's the shit that really throws me off about politicians. And I, I include people like Hillary Clinton here because one of the things that, has come to light and, and just, or come back to light with everything that's going on in Gaza now is um, when the free elections were held in like 2005 or 2006 uh, and Hamas was elected in the Gaza Strip or Hamas officials were elected, Hillary Clinton was quoted as uh, being very upset that they held free elections saying, how could you actually allow democracy to happen here? Are you guys stupid? And it's, <laughs> it's yeah, that it kind not, of shit. It was you know, October someone's... of 2022. Mm-hmm. I made that exact point on Aaron Mate and Katie Helper's show. I was like, they can't have anyone succeed over here. Right. You, you, you got to create as many rifts as possible. And it's not, it's not even really about the oil. Like 6% of our oil comes from Arabia. It's mostly right. Canadian and Venezuelan oil. We just can't afford to have anybody else have their shit together because then we'll have a competitor. Right. For power, we have to keep the scarcity a thing everywhere, all of the time. Yeah, yeah. and we're at yeah. a point where there's more than enough to go around. I don't, you know, even the greens and the eco libs are like, oh, there's too many people in the world. There's too many people for all of us to live like the top twenty percent of the U.S. That's what there's yeah. too many people for. If we lived a different way, there's really not too many people. We throw away a third of the food we create. It's not a lack of food. That right. the only lack right. is manufactured lack yeah, and manufactured yeah. scarcity and planned obsolescence and all that. So if we just keep, it's all, yeah, it's all just destroyed so that nobody can get their shit together. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Entirely. Yeah. Well, Jonathan, I appreciate you calling in, man. Oh, yeah. And uh, I always appreciate you. Got more, you got more people in the queue. So yeah, I'll go ahead and uh, get through this and then uh, see see where we go from there. But I, I, I appreciate it, Jonathan. Uh, next up, we got Danny. Danny, what's going on? Welcome back to the Fred Hampton in the Suites. What's on your mind? I think I saw you say something, Danny, earlier about how you were against a ceasefire earlier, and I'd be really interested to see um, why that is. 
Uh, hey. Uh, Hi. I mean, we should, oh. hey, we should, excuse me, sorry. We, should we be like, we should do a ceasefire, right? And then what? That's what I want to know. What, what do you mean? Then what? The, well, I want to know what you mean. And what we mean when we ask for a ceasefire. And again, I think the fact that we're asking is is flawed in of itself. So, I mean, what are we what are we doing what do you after think? the after the ceasefire? Because no, honestly, well, well, none of us like we mind. can. Because I, we, I'll show you what. Because here's what I'll say about the ceasefire. Right? I ask for a ceasefire, and then people stop dying. So that being an end, no, they in, don't like an end. They just stop dying well, by the droves during the ceasefire of the bombing. Well, then you okay by the droves, so less people die. No, but I'm I mean, confused. do we need to? Do we need like missing body parts to feel like a certain way about dead children? Do we? Does it need to get to this point for us to even talk like this? Because a rich person can feel bad for a child's head blown off. Like that's easy. It's easy to feel bad for that. But it's not easy to feel bad for these kids before they lose their heads, right? Because then it, they're I, just they're 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 just another ant. No. Yeah. No. Okay. Okay. I, I don't so think you're you saying, are having here, trouble here, following. Okay. I think when when you say okay, like ceasefire and then what? I think ceasefire and then you have to figure out you have to negotiate a a, a solution. Like nothing but the diplomacy to like change. How has that not been what they've been doing for the last hundred years? Well, I think negotiating. I think the U.S. basically. I mean, this is me personally. I think the U.S. needs to start flexing its power to basically threaten to disown Israel. How? How? No, they need to ever expect. How can we ever expect America to do the right thing? When how? Like, why, why, what, what? No. I don't think we, we have to we demand lo- why are, why, We have to actually no, change. I mean, we actually have to make it do the right thing. Now, it's whether fucking that's corny through... that we have to scream for our own rights. It's fuck. It's, yeah. This is, yeah, this it's is... corny that, it's corny yes. as fuck. Okay, but what, so. And, 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 and it doesn't mean it's just screaming. All I'm saying is this, like. I'm not, but I'm not saying that either, yeah. bud. Okay. I'm not saying it's just screaming, but we. It, it, I think it's just counterproductive at this point. To call for a ceasefire? Because that's I, the part I don't I, get. Stop! I, I'm not. You're. It's just this week's slogan, Bide. Come no, on. Okay. Well, explain to me what you want. I, you don't want a ceasefire. Shooting at children. Stop shooting at living, breathing, and moving bodies. Absolutely. Yeah. No shit. But then what? Because that's not the end, is it? Like it's not. We know it's going to happen again. But we have okay. no. We no, have no. We, I don't know, understand why we all the way over here. We all of us, myself included, especially me, think that we have any any say so. What if everyone on in the Gaza Strip right now says no? Don't fucking cease fire. Take us now, because we're tired of this shit. Come on, yeah, guys. Well, then at that point, 
What 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 do you mean? Okay, come on? Well, I don't get okay. it. Just here's I'm, the thing. Here's the thing. Danny. I'm Hold not on. Let sure me, let me, why you're you. having such difficulty with what I'm saying right now. I'm on my Prozac. I'm being pretty because fucking it doesn't clear. Make sense. It, no, does it doesn't make any sense okay. because any solution, no Danny, anything that happens, anything right, that bye. happens. All right. Bye. And, okay. I, uh, are you hearing me? I, I hear you. I heard you. Are you hearing me? Okay. Listen to me. Anything that happens, Been any doing next step that we take. For the last two hours. What what do you mean hearing nothing but? Are you okay? Right. Is there something like going on or something? Take care of you. No 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 no. Don't don't. Okay. Do well, what I was saying is that like okay. Anything before somebody thinks I'm coming. anything that would any okay okay. Uh -huh. Are you? I'm I'm confused. I think there's something going on here, but and no matter what happens. No matter what solution we have, no matter and then what, the first step to that or a step to that is going to have to be stop people from dying. Right? No matter what we do, no matter what we do after, we could have a whole ass fucking revolution after this. And maybe that would be. Uh, okay. Maybe that's what happens here. So, but what are the ways in which way you look we at keep it, people from dying? The ceasefire would be a step in that in that it, uh, it whatever the would. solution is eventually but it wouldn't be the first so would it? so what's the what's the what's the what's the i don't see the downside here of calling for a ceasefire i see the frustration of all it seems like all we're doing is protesting and crying out to our daddies to help us like no, please do the ceasefire i, didn't say all that I see either. that frustration of it but I like i don't I know, but 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 like you're clearly frustrated by by or you know that's how it's coming across. Is like there's clearly something here that's frustrating. I'm not you know, I understand that against like, the wall, by like stop trying to play me. I'm just telling you this is how I talk. No. I'm outside. It's fucking brick. Fuck. I'm smoking. I'm I'm yelling. Mean? I'm hype. I'm hype. Yes, I'm fucking hype. I know, but Let's hype be hype for Palestine. Shit. But okay, yeah, I, I mean, I listened to you for the last couple of hours. I'm saying, right. So now but I'm seems telling like, you, yeah. It seems like what I'm just, now? I'm I'm just trying to figure out. Like you 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 called you said no ceasefire in the chat, right? Like am I? I'm not high. Even if I was high, I, I read it right. Like I'm I'm not wrong about that. I'd prefer if it, if you were high, actually. I disagree on a ceasefire. You said it 58 minutes ago. These are your words. So I'm not like trying to fucking trick you or play with anything. I disagree with the ceasefire because I couldn't answer what next. But that anything that I have, comes we have no, it's we okay don't to not have, answer what's we, next. I mean, but what are we, how, what? Ugh. This is kind of those one of those things where you kind of need to be there to know, really, and like Gaza. Yeah, I'm afraid so. In I'm, for me, look, I, I, my opinion. I, I, yeah, that's where I'm coming to you as from my. There's opinion. a lot. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of videos from people coming out of there. That's like, please stop fucking killing us. Ceasefire now. I'm pretty sure those videos might not be from this year. It could have been one of the many other years they were documenting their fucking genocide.
Bobby. Well, let's, yeah. Come I on. Get it. Like, all right, well, what get, jump off the bandwagon and get back on the what calling car. What fucking bandwagon am I on? Listen to me, all motherfucker. Right. People are dying over there, and one person here is calling for nothing, and the other is calling for what? I don't fucking understand. I don't understand that at all. Like, I, that was the strangest. I don't understand her position. I apologize for starting to get worked up, but what? Listen, fucking articulate. What the fuck are you going to say? If you're calling for people to continue dying, or if you're saying no ceasefire, I need to hear a fucking reason, okay? I need to hear a fucking reason. And look, if we're, I don't want it to go back to what it was before. I don't want it to be an open state prison again, or an open air fucking prison again. Of course not. But like, I don't, like, sometimes it just seems like, why are we overcomplicating the first step? Stop killing them. Step one. And then figure out what what kind of pressure needs to apply to stop that from happening. But, you know, that was the, the strangest call I've had in a while. But hope she's okay. Jenny, what's going on? Go ahead and unmute yourself. Welcome to the Fred Hampton Inn Suites. Thanks. I think this conversation, uh, on your mind? the topic's definitely bringing out the emotion in all of us. And so yeah. it's important to have the conversations anyway, and I applaud you for having it. Um, Thanks. I, I saw BB. I saw BB on an American talk show this morning, mm-hmm. and he said we did not get any real movement from Hamas in terms of the hostages until we started our incursion into the country into Gaza. And so it was his belief that the you know the way that they're conducting the war has made the terrorists I'll call them that the Hamas members take things more seriously he even claimed that they were on the run and that hamas city had fallen into the hands of the idf i don't know if that's true but he wants, the, he wants the hostages back that's the bottom line he wants the hostages back oh do you believe that um you know i i've tried to be open-minded these last few weeks as i have tried to listen to all sides and then suss out what i think is true I don't claim to know it all. I think we're still in the fog of war. But I have had some interesting moments over the last 24 hours as I have listened to various people who are there right now. And um, I listened to the All In podcast, David Sachs podcast. Do you know that one? I don't. David Sachs is the guy who started Call In, and he's a venture capitalist who has a podcast with his three best friends and it's become incredibly popular mm-hmm. for kind of like the San Francisco business class of people. They're all billionaires, mm-hmm. but they're, they're really smart people and thoughtful and they invited Jared Kushner on their show on Friday night. And oh. the other night I suggested to some people here on Colin that he had some interesting insights and I was basically chased out of the platform <laughs> for suggesting Jared Kushner. Jared Kushner had anything of value to suggest, but there are people who are claiming that it was, in fact, the Abraham Accords that took place during the Trump administration that caused Hamas to do this October 7th incursion because they didn't want to see Israel cutting deals with Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And so I think think there's 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 uh, uh, I've heard that theory and I do think there I I don't know it too well, but I think there's some interesting there's some interesting reasons why that could have contributed to the attack happening now. Um, Absolutely. Again, this doesn't, Absolutely. This doesn't, 
this doesn't nothing that happened though i want to be very clear that nothing that happened i think can justify israel's response i don't even think um netanyahu saying that the terrorists are on the run i mean how often have we said that bullshit oh we almost got them oh they're on the run 20 years later uh taliban owns afghanistan like um, i said i don't think i i don't take anything bb says as yeah. the gospel truth and one one I'm other thing i want to, to say before i'm trying to uh, listen to everybody I, and I understand that. But one thing I, I, I do think here in a situation like this, where there's so much intentional propaganda and misleading, I don't know if listening to everybody is necessarily the greatest strategy. Um, I do think that, look, I could for sure say that Netanyahu's lying about just trying to get the hostages back. I mean, there have been multiple reports now of Hamas reaching out for prisoner exchanges for the hostages to come back. Netanyahu has refused to engage in those talks. So he could say, "My, my, I, oh, I want the hostages back. Um, he's had opportunities to do so. He hasn't taken them. He's also, uh, there are also reports, Hamas has said, that of the hostages that they have, that some 40-odd, some hostages have been killed in the airstrikes from the IDF. Now take that with a grain of salt. Take it if you will. But if you're just indiscriminately bombing everywhere that you think Hamas is and they have those hostages, do you think that's a great strategy to like getting them home safely? I think Netanyahu, who again, didn't meet with the fucking families of the hostages that he cares about so much until weeks after the event and then hired a fucking guy to come in and, and pretend to act like he was a family member of the hostages to say, oh, we love Netanyahu so much. I'm behind you all the way. A guy who is proven to have had no connection to any of the hostages that were taken, but was put there uh, as a plant for that press conference for Netanyahu to support him. I think a guy who's, who has that kind of track record and who has shown every opportunity to not take hostages back, I think he's full of shit. I think he is full of shit. So I understand and I, I, I admire, I, I, I do admire you wanting to get different perspectives, but it is so like that's why I find Norm Finkelstein so fascinating. Here is he is I, I haven't heard Twitter a single today. person against him deny his facts. Did I haven't see, heard anyone did you see Bree, come Bree's up with bullshit with against him? his facts. Uh, I I didn't watch the whole two hour like thirty minute interview, but I saw one from before. I've seen him on Katie Halper, and I've seen him. I mean, I've known we. He's been around for a long time, and he had stopped talking about this for a while, actually, just because I, I thought I, I don't know if he thought there's going to be any movement on it or if things were going to change. But no, his his uh, book on Gaza is the number one bestseller right now on Amazon, and it probably it should be, it should be. I I I applaud him for that and for his work and for his um, tenacity here. And you know he he's someone who suffered a great amount of personal. Uh, uh, pain and, and anguish and career destruction for his stances on this. But I haven't seen anyone who was able to say that he got the facts wrong. Um, but that, that is one thing I'll say about uh, just Netanyahu and the likes is uh, to be, to be honest, my initial, when I hear Netanyahu say anything now, uh, I assume first it's a lie and I wait for some kind of fact to show me otherwise, because it is uh, when your track record is that bad. And when you have had opportunities now to get the hostages back and you haven't taken them, I don't believe you when you say you want them back. I don't believe you when you say that's your that's your main uh, 
that's your primary uh, uh, concern here is to get them back. Touche. Like I said, I'm trying to figure it out too, but I yeah. tend to I tend to lean towards biblical prophecies, biblical tropes about Israel, the Jews return yeah. to Israel. I'm a Christian, and yeah. so on that side of it, I definitely lean that way. But I recognize that the Palestinian people are also the children of Abraham, and at the end of they the are. day, we're all we're all cousins, and yeah. we should we should figure out a way to get along if we can. And honestly, by if you if you listen to nothing else, go listen to that all in pod from Friday, because with, with, uh, I, Kushner, with, yeah, it was okay. it was riveting. I mean, it was positively riveting, and I think he does have street cred in the sense that during the four years of the Trump administration, he was in the Middle East talking to heads of state face to face multiple times. That, uh, he was the guy to. Uh, I, I still find that fascinating that Trump thought. I'll just put Kushner on this to solve the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, but I've never heard his explanation for what yeah. he did, what their goals were, what they accomplished. And the reason yeah. why the all in pod invited him on is because Chamath, he's one of the founders of Facebook. He's, he's a leftist. He sent yeah. out a video that went viral about a month ago. And he said, you know, these guys from the Trump administration with the Abraham Accord, they were really doing some good work. That video went viral. I'm sure Jared heard about it. And then he agreed to go on this podcast. He has been attacked for seven years and especially for his work in the Middle East. Like, what does this Jew have to offer to the situation? Like yeah. I said, I, I was yeah. really amazed by the things I heard. Oh, I, I was oh. so amazed by that, that I did a podcast on it tonight here on Colin. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll take a listen, you know, and, and, you know, maybe, uh, we'll see. We'll see what he has to say. But I'll, I, I will take a listen on that recommendation and 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 let you know my thoughts. But I, uh, I appreciate I would, it. Though. I would yeah. be very interested in hearing your thoughts because yeah. to me it was common sense, and it wasn't yeah. so much a pointing the finger of scorn and saying you're the bad guy, you're the evil ones, you're the ones we have to get rid of. It was more like let's look at the history, let's have an understanding of this history, and then these are some concrete things we can do to make things better for the people in that region and common sense solutions. I'm all about common sense. Yeah. So I appreciated it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, I appreciate the recommendation, um, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, but thank you, Jenny. always appreciate hearing from you. Thank you. All right. Take care. Uh, always interesting to hear different perspectives, even though, you know, I, I do think it is, uh, it's again, I, I, it's hard to fuck with these facts. It's really hard to, uh, uh, impeach some of this Norm Finkelstein, uh, narrative that's, that's, that's out there, but I'll, I'll, let me take a listen. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Hi, Maria. Uh, what's happening? How are you doing? Oh, I think I'm all right. How are you tonight, bud? Doing okay. I like uh, I like the uh, dog in the mask. Very mysterious. Ooh, a that's very how she rolls. Sexy dog. Is, is that how she rolls? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Phantom of the Opera over here. Yeah, except she has a better wig. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's on your mind? Well, I mean, I would never presume to speak for Danny or anybody else, 
or relay their perspective, but uh, sure. she did get me thinking about the merits of a ceasefire or yeah, the sure. lack thereof. And, you know, I, I, I can't help but thinking she made a good point that a ceasefire doesn't cease people dying. Uh, because of all the inadequacies in potable water, they don't have a functioning at all, you know, water filtration system for waste, anything, uh, and all the malnutrition that's going to cause a lifeline, lifelong issue with the children, not to yeah. mention the psychological damage. And so... Yeah. Uh, what what guarantee would a ceasefire be? What 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 guarantee is there? Yeah, it'll it'll cease the worst of of the automatic, you know, regular, you know, sweeping of the bombs. Of course, it would do that, but it's it's not necessarily the answer unless it's accompanied by immediate direct aid on those other levels. Yeah, uh, sure. Well, well, how about this? If, if there's a ceasefire, do you think that that allows it, uh, it makes it, well, two things. One, the people who are dying from malnutrition and from unclean water and from all the other things that are going on in Gaza are going to die with or without the ceasefire, in addition to all the people dying uh, without the ceasefire. So if nothing else, we are lessening the amount of people who are dying, who are being killed, who are being injured. Uh, that's happening always with the ceasefire. Even if people violate the ceasefire, well, now we have the fact that there's this, now we have more pressure that we could put on uh, the U.S. for supporting a nation that's violating the ceasefire. Um there's there's reason like I, I have a hard time finding the the weakness or what a ceasefire takes away from uh, a solution like how how it it maintaining the s status as it is now where there's no ceasefire is is helpful. And the other thing I will say is uh, the people who are dying from malnutrition, from disease, from uh, lack of access to resources. Uh, do you think it's more likely that the resources resources are going to get to them if there is a ceasefire versus if there's not? Because I I oh, can ahead. hope. I I, I, mean, I would how, say yeah. I would hope too. And everything you said is completely valid, and I I get that. I don't disagree. But where where has the ceasefires been the last sixteen years? Well, you know, there the was last one. sixteen yeah. years the ceasefires meant nothing. And yeah. who always got the blame for violating it? Despite all the dead Palestinians. Who always got the blame for violating a ceasefire? Well, th th that's that's the difference though, is that look, Israel the Israeli government as it is now and as this regime continues to exist is going to blame Hamas for everything, regardless of whether there's a ceasefire or not, regardless of whether there's a uh, ongoing conflict or not, regardless of um, any of the facts. But they don't deal in the actual facts, right? They don't 
they've all they 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 are uh, basically a propaganda arm now. Everything that's gone out. However, history has shown that the violations of the ceasefire have been Israel, and they cannot. Uh, they, I mean, with the exception of this, I guess the October seventh, but I'm not even sure if there was a ceasefire in place at that point. Um, but as Finkelstein uh, lays out in his book, uh, these are facts that Israel, whether or not, whatever they want to say, whatever narratives they put out, and whatever, and again, their narratives are not dependent on what people in Gaza actually do or what Hamas actually does. Uh, Israel still will always have to contend with the fact that someone has now documented, someone actually has in the books that they have violated the ceasefire. Now, maybe that is a, 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 a you know, a pyrrhic victory. Maybe that's a, a, a win that means nothing. But I do think it matters when we start, when it comes to actually having people who actually care about other people start to understand the situation. Look, if we're going to have any kind of like revolution or any kind of actual public pressure movement, uh, you need to have the people's hearts and minds. And yeah, Israel's going to have a harder and harder time maintaining people's hearts. I mean, the fact that I have, you know, I, I, I mentioned this last time, but, you know, I one of the people at the law firm that I was working at a couple of like these are Jewish people who um, you would think they've been to Israel. Their, their partners studied there for long periods of time. They are completely against what Israel's doing. They're embarrassed and ashamed that it's happening, and uh, their concerns and their and their, and their hearts and their will is with the Palestinian people, the people of Gaza. Why? Because they're people with hearts they're good people they're people who see that kind of suffering being done to other people and it affects them and if we can have that high ground if we can have that on our side then any kind of movement that we would try to make any kind of next step whatever it is uh we have a better shot of having them on our side and you know maybe that doesn't mean much to people look to people who are dying right now. Um, and maybe in the long run, who knows if a ceasefire will be enough to save everything or change everything. But I do know that any step towards saving those people, helping them to allowing more people to survive is going to, at least in my mind, necessitate a ceasefire demand. And if Israel wants to break it, let them break it, but let them break it in front of the whole world. Let them break it and see, see how long they can keep their empire. Um, and see yeah, how long that... our empire can support theirs. Because we're, we're getting pretty fucking antsy over here. Well, I appreciate you saying that. And I wanted to, I want to ask you a question and get your thoughts on this as well. Sure. If you've got time. Um, I mean, I I so relate to Norman Finkelstein relating October 7th and numerous other events as basically a prison revolt. Uh, yeah. 
you know, abused prisoners. But, uh, you know, in the chat, there's been a lot of discussion, and I'm curious about this. I see a repeated pattern of Israel creating new generations over and over again of a new generation of rebels due to the atrocities inflicted. But Zach earlier made an interesting point when he was still here that uh, there's a lot of indication that this is maybe Israel's endgame for Palestine. So yeah. where, where, where do you see that going between the two spectrums? I mean, I, I, I trust their opinions more than mine, to be honest. I could see it either way. I mean, look, I think if they do have an opportunity here to expel all the people in Gaza from there, I think they'll take it. Um, but I don't know. I mean, look, it, it, it's, it's, I don't know. I really don't know. I just know that, uh, I know that either outcome is not okay for the people who are living in Gaza. It's, it's not okay for the Palestinians there and for all the people who, uh, like all of us deserve some sense of some, some peace and some sovereignty in their own lives. Uh, so I don't know. Okay. I don't find that they're just, uh, acceptable. Well, really quick last thing. And I, I think Phil was meaning to bring this up too, or at least he said he was in the chat is that Bibi was more powerful in Washington, D.C. right now than Biden. Uh, yeah. What What do you do with that when the tail is wagging the dog? What do you do? And also, I, I give credit to Derek for saying the best defense for uh, Palestinians right now is to wave a bunch of Ukrainian and U.S. flags. <laughs> That's that's dark, but it is you know who who knows it might work because waving the white flags wasn't working for them when they were coming out of that hospital. My God, um, when the IDF were 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 someone was shooting at them uh, when they were trying to exit that hospital. So I don't I don't understand. Um, but uh, sorry, what you were saying? <laughs> um, no, no, no. And Derek just said he was not joking when he said that. And I I think he makes a valid point. But, yeah, no, I, what, what, do you, what do you do when you have several states in the United States where you cannot sign into a contract unless you agree to be pro-Israel? Oh, you I take mean, that to the Supreme Court. That, that, that will never be held up in in. in Supreme Court. Yeah. That's, that's obvious political speech. It's, it's something they put in just to exert pressure. But uh, what do you do about like Biden and, and the like? Well, we uh, we take power. We we take it. Uh, we have to start. I, I, look, I think there's no. I, I think we all understand that um, if the politics in this nation are to continue the way that they've been going on forever. Um, we're not going to survive just long-term. This is, this is going to end. Um, so the question has to be, what can we be doing each of us in our everyday lives every day 
to disempower that group of people, to make their continued reign on over us and and other sovereign people and 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 um, the world and this kind of world order that they have. Uh, what can we do to make it as really unpleasant as possible for them? Uh, I think with Biden, I do not intend to. I mean, it's dumb, but obviously I'm not voting for him. Uh, there's no circumstance I'll, I'll vote for Biden. I don't give a shit, even if it's Trump. I, I like. Trump is not an anti-war candidate, despite what he says. He's not. I mean, he's threatened war with Iran while he was in office. Uh, is he going to be better? I, I cannot see how he would be. Uh, but uh, the, we have to start being very... Um, I don't like if this... Comes, oh, go ahead. If it comes down to a 2024 presidential election... Palestinians will already be annihilated. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, which is why I think the ceasefire now has to happen. Uh, look, there's... Uh, I thought this, and I said this last time I talked about this, but we... I don't even want to say it, but there's a real chance here that we can watch an entire people get wiped out and ha- and do nothing about it. Or 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 fail. I mean, let's let's be honest here. There's a real there's a real chance that we sit and watch a Holocaust happen. I know that sounds. I doubt the rest of the world will stand by. I don't think they will. And at a certain point, I think we have to not. I think at a certain point. um, At a certain point, you got to make a decision as to what your life is going to be about. If, well, is there bye something bye. worth fighting for? Uh, that that would probably I be it. Appreciate your time, bud. I'm gonna let you keep trucking and move on to other people. I've I've taken enough of your time tonight, so no, it was great, great I, hearing from you, Maria. So I, I appreciate you calling in. Sure, no, my pleasure. Thank. You. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Uh, Jonathan, welcome back. What's going on, man? I, I think you you called in right around the time with my conversation with Danny about the the ceasefire. So right, right. I, and now if I had hair, I'd be pulling it out. I just think there's a really simple distinction that's not being made, and that is between yes. the ceasefire and the call for a ceasefire. Yes. I don't yes. know that she was knows what she wouldn't have called what she was saying game theory, but it, so but it kind of was. I'm going to steal, man. No ceasefire. <clears throat> So obviously she's not against the cessation of hostilities. What the problem is with the call for a ceasefire from a political point of view is about the laziest thing that you could do. And it's the, a, a really, it's not a thing to hide behind a thing to a way to do nothing Absolutely. while seeming while you're, like you're doing something. Imagine somebody kicks into the door to the, your local high school and starts shooting people. And your response as the police chief is not to bring anybody just stand outside with a megaphone and be like, no, stop it. Right. No, right, right, right. I, I'm calling for a ceasefire and there's no threat of anything. Like where's the or else there's no or else. It's just even a Hillary Clinton can sit in front of a camera with a microphone in her face and say something like, we need to stop the hostilities over there. People are dying like, or, yeah. or else what? Like, are you going to do anything about it? And for people like us to sit here and say, I support the call for a ceasefire or, or I, 
you know, I'm for the idea of being for the idea of stopping hostilities is might do little more than reify the call for a ceasefire as a something doing when it is in right. fact a nothing right. doing. Right. Yeah. I, I think there's a, um, there's a really good argument too, that like um, the politicians who are calling for a ceasefire are offering like a, uh, like a, a, the same sort of um, sense of relief and uh, party identity uh, confirmation that someone like um that someone in the squad would offer when they call for like Medicare for all or something like that. Right. They're all still part of the same party, the same club with the same agenda, but they are giving you the illusion of the possibility that the party can be something different, something more that allows you to, uh, you know, when you get to the voting booth or when you go to support, uh, the, your politicians, you you go with them because you believe in the possibility that maybe they will allow this thing to happen. Uh, so I I understand the call for with a ce- with a ceasefire. There's even less on the line because say that guy does yeah. stop shooting people in your school and he walks out and you and then you say what do you say? You're like thank you for not killing any more people than you did. So that's yeah. they get they're gonna get to be the good guy when they stop. Yeah, because yeah. all yeah. we ever did was ask them to stop, and then they complied with that. That's the game theory. It's like what's the fucking outcome here of calling for a ceasefire? You're just leaving a door open for them to be a good guy because they didn't keep on actually genociding every single person of a certain ethnicity or in a certain yeah. area. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, it's fair. And, and yeah, it's just it's it's the laziest thing that you could possibly do is be like, Oh, stop it. Like, that's the point. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Any criticism I possibly hurl at you. I hurl at myself. I've got a show, but at the end of the day, what I just sit here and run my mouth. You know, I don't, I'm not doing a goddamn thing. Really? Well, look, the the, the thing, there's a couple of options is what we can do. We can go and we can actually join a freedom fighting movement. um, Right. Which I would say, so I gotta Bill be honest. In that video, I was like, "What am I? I'm not going to join a freedom fighting." It's World War Three is now in battlefield number two, and I'm sitting here deciding what fucking salad dressing is going to make yeah. me less bored. <laughs> like, what am you know? So yes, yeah, so sometimes I wrestle with that, and it, and it gets to me. Yeah. But yeah. I don't uh, have any boats or guns to go start shooting at Russians or whoever. Yeah. You know. Right. Right. And you know, it, it's 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 um. Uh, the the whole ideologies of part of these groups, you know, Hamas and the like, is not exactly my cup of tea, right? That being said, uh, I am starting to be, I've been, I'm starting to think that any action that you're taking, even even this stupid show, you know, I've thought about like a lot of this, there is, you know, I've done plenty of critiques of capitalism. I know you have as well when it comes to like the ability for content to just sort of be wrapped into, to, to rob actual activism of activism. But I do think that, yeah. uh, I think if there's an emphasis on giving people next steps, not just the content and let's talk about the problem and go, but let's do something. I put a petition as stupid as it may seem to some of you to start calling why don't we try why not try something now to just see even if it's the weakest thing that you can do to call for a ceasefire well it is does it become less weak when you demand it does it become less weak if you can radicalize people who are calling and demanding a ceasefire or 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 
they start taking other actions, you know, like some of these, I, I, I look for something at something like, you know, the stop cop city. And at first it's people saying stop cop city. And then it's people who are getting shot in the woods, but who are still camped out there and saying, no, fuck you. It's not coming here. Yeah, then I look at the people two... who are on the ships, the ships that are sending weapons that are supposed to ship weapons over to Israel and they're getting on them and they're trying to stop them from going through the docks. That fucking rules. And it starts with more and more people being informed about it, with more and more people actually having this content out there. Because let's be honest, a big part of this too, before the world, I think sometimes we're so inundated with the world of social media as it exists today that we forget what it was like before. But it, we we were around for September 11th and the aftermath of that and how everyone started talking about all the news stations, Yellow Cake Uranium, the the Warheads, oh, there's, uh, you know, Anthrax, all of these things that led us into this 20-year fucking disasters of, of wars. I do think that some of this fucking, even if it's entertainment, some of this entertainment has pushed the public into a different consciousness. It has. I, the the fact that we're here even talking about like, look, uh, are we disgusted that we're talking about Palestine while we're feel completely disempowered to do anything to stop like a genocide as it's unfolding in front of us? Of course. Are we, if I know people here have, not just that, like many people having trouble to like sleep at night, but like the, the, the emotions it causes in people, the, the things that's causing it's like, it's real and it, it's sickening to feel this disempowered about it. However, the fact that more people are feeling that way than they could have in the past because of dumbass little shows and some people who, even those people who are more in it for the content of it, uh, spreading a word. And now you have people who are calling for a ceasefire. Maybe it's still a protest. And maybe it's like, well, that's nothing. Now we're getting on ships. Okay. What's next? These motherfuckers yeah, are eventually going to fucking fold, Jonathan. They're going to fold. I wouldn't They're do it if I thought bend. it was worthless. They're going to so the bend because we can't take it. We can't take it anymore. They could keep pretending like shit's not escalating, but they're losing their grip. Biden is the candidate to de defeat the fascist Trump. He's the best that they got, and their system is so shitty, and they are so weak and meek and vulnerable that they feel like they have to maintain the power structure of a 90-year-old Nancy Pelosi and a 99,000-year-old Joe Biden to, to maintain this power. It's crumbling. They don't want us to see it, but they're folding. They're starting to fucking fold and they can't control it anymore. So it may seem like nothing's happening, but it's happening. It's fucking happening. And I feel it. And it's going to keep happening. And maybe it's like, well, maybe doing a show is not the best way to, for us to get there. But let's give someone a next step. Even if it's, hey, call your congressperson, get out, go to one of these demonstrations and here's the thing, because the shit starts to go down at this demonstration, if they start getting violent or something like that, and people, what if someone fights back, then suddenly a whole group of people fights back. What happens? That's what I want to see is the what's, what happens next. So I think, uh, you know, 
one of the things that I, I, I why one of the reasons why I say, well, call for the ceasefire anyway, is people need to see that there's pressure in the streets, even if it looks like, you know, small little pressure, right? I mean, my God, like you look at the way like the Arab Spring started and shit like that. And a dude went, you know, there were a lot of factors leading up to it, but a guy lights himself on fire in protest and then motherfuckers get mad and they start, they start boxing, they start going. And that's, you, I don't underestimate that power anymore. I don't want to underestimate it. Sure. A lot of this is content. A lot of it's going to be, you know, a lot of people monetize and woo, woo, woo. And there is a lot of that. And I believe that that can have a dampening effect on actual revolutionary movement. But um, maybe the next step is when you are doing your show or when you're doing something, give people a next step. What's the next move? Well, what's there's something, two layers what's of or else. And you're talking sure. about the first one and I'm talking about the second one. But we need both. So the the first yeah. or else is you're calling for a ceasefire, but it's got to be a ceasefire or else what? So that's an answer you need put in that. So that's the or else. But then there's your or else, which is if you don't put that clause in there, I am going to go to a protest, get on a boat, X, Y, or Z. You know yeah. what I mean? My yeah. show is more about the first one. Like the, these are the conditions that we need to be fighting for. And what you're talking about right. is the second one, which is if those conditions are not being fought for, then I'm not going to fight for anything that's going on. And I'm going to seek to uh, flip it over. Hmm. I, I, I think so. I, I, which one was the getting on the ship? Is that the first or else or the second oh, or else? That's, <laughs> now I'm confused. <laughs> the, let's go the top down. The, the top one is like the, go, the collective action and oh, the law. Yeah. And sure. whatever the government's doing or funding. And so you're, I'm, you're pointing at these people who are like, I want a ceasefire. It's like, are, do you carry the threat of force behind that call for a ceasefire? Are you going to sure. put sanctions on? Are you going to stop selling them guns? Are you going to X, Y, or Z if they don't do it? No. Yeah. Then it's not real. And unless you make it real, I am going to withhold my labor, withhold my vote, protest yeah. against you. That's yeah. the second one is the, is the ground level uh, grassroots one, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do think I, 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 I'm starting to really focus on that second layer. Both layers are definitely important. Yeah. Um, my show I, is I think, more is about the first layer, which is like, yeah. what is it you're even fighting for? And I'm trying to make it as simple and clear as possible. Like, I don't know, public housing and a wealth tax. I'm always coming back to those two things because you can yeah. throw everything else in the fire if you don't have those two things. Yeah. They're pretty big. They're pretty big. They're, yeah, I, I, they're so yeah. big that I'll sacrifice the rest of anybody's platform just to get them. Yeah. But, yeah. 100%. yeah. But you're, you're, you're more about, that's about the theory. It's called theory, but this is praxis you're talking about now. And yeah. what, and how to do that is not saying I support a ceasefire is not praxis, you know? Right. Right. No, you're right. You're right. You're very right. Um, which Thank you a, for steel manning that too. Yeah, that's it. I'm just trying to steel man Danny because I, I'm been good at words. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Keep being good at them words. Um, okay, yeah, words are hard. Yeah, words are hard. But I appreciate it, Jonathan, for sure. Thank yeah. you. Take care. Thank you. All right, you too. Great show, yeah. by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Great content, baby. Don't you like that content? Hell yeah. This is a, to to all the ladies joining Hamas. This one's for you, Brady. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I kind of stopped joking like that. Uh, Brady, uh, what's going on? Are you here? I think Brady's gone. I think Brady probably was in, uh, I think he's probably in two different. Um... Oh, no, no, he's here. Brady, what's going on? Well, I might be the only person interested in a political party for independence to organize around, but I found somebody. Oh, you know what party it is. It's proxy party time. It's a one-man party. It's the hippest one-man party in town. But um, I'm working with this guy, Jeff, from democracyforum.org. And we need pro bono lawyers, if you know any. Oh, maybe. What do, what do they need? What kind of pro bono? Ugh. We're working on building bylaws for a nonprofit. It's like a, we're going to be working on a website that is essentially like a democracy forum, like a social media. Okay. Oh, I'm trying to. For democracy? What does that mean? Like a social media meant. Okay. Well, just send me the details. Um, as far as bylaws, that's not too hard. Most of them, I mean, most, I got to be honest, it's not my area, but most of the time with bylaws, I just look at what other bylaws, uh, uh, the bylaws of other organizations, and then just adjust them to fit whatever my organization is. Um, but if it's something small like that, I can I'd be happy to take a look. Yeah, the cool thing about it is we're trying to design the bylaws in a way that mitigates group psychopathy and like group sociopathy where like one person or a group of people kind of take over an organization and ruin it. We're um, trying to come up with a protocol in the bylaws that basically makes that impossible or just mitigates it as much. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how to do that, but um, yeah, if you come up with some, you want me to just take a look at it like in an unofficial capacity without like, because a whole pro bono representation is like a whole thing, and I got to go through a whole like process. But I'm happy to, you know, take a view and let you know some general thoughts without, uh, yeah, anything, uh, like, like you know, anything official. Yeah, you wouldn't have to put your name on. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, like, um, and, but you know, do you happen to know of any um, like groups of lawyers that are just kind of like interested in helping to build democracy and might be interested in maybe kind of guiding and working with us on that project? Uh, maybe. Let me, let me think about it some more, and I'll, I'll message you. Because there's a couple organizations, like there's, there's pro bono organizations that, that do stuff like that, but I don't know any of them that are really focused on the democracy aspect per se. <laughs> They're usually like focused around like uh, the creative arts or I don't know, like writers or, you know, organizations that do stuff like that. But I can, I can, let me look, let me take a look. Yeah, so you mentioned earlier that you were interested in, like, getting petitions started and stuff like that. And so this guy, Jeff Horn, that I met from Twitter, um, he has this website called democracyforum.org. And basically, it's a place where you could potentially start a petition or uh, an initiative, something like that, and kind of do some online organizing. And it's kind of a skin and bones version of what we're working on right now. So if you kind of want to get an idea of what we're building, that's kind of like the beta test version. 
And cool. we're trying to kind of soup it up to where you can actually vote on the platform and kind of make group decisions, hold group meetings, kind of like call in as well, like a place where you could host debates. But you also have options for like ranked choice voting, blockchain voting, all that stuff kind of built into the platform. So it should be a really basically a digital um, forum for democracy, which as far as we know, doesn't really exist very much. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. I'll take a look. I'll take a look and and um, like I said, I'll hit you up with like the names of potential lawyers or staff who uh, can help with the. Um, yeah, and the cool thing is that everyone is invited on Thursdays here on Colin. Even the naysayers in the chat who are just held. And voice those criticisms. I think, um, yeah, I'm hearing from a uh, Dane that philosophy uh, Hamas in public some- is in the queue, and Israel's cutting off Colin communications to stop you from telling people about the proxy party or something. You're you're cutting in and out, so. Yeah, I think uh, I think Israel got him. <laughs> I think they got him, boys. I think they got him. Well, uh, all right. Well, I'll follow up with you, Brady. Uh, but I I think think he's kind of no. I didn't mute you, did I? No, I didn't mute you. No, I I didn't mute you. You're not muted. Um, no, I I I, li- I literally didn't. Let me make sure. See now. Okay, let me try again. Give me a second. Are you there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Who knows? It happens when I get radical online, dude. You, you know, you. Has anyone else noticed? Am I, am I the only one in our little group that has noticed that yet? I've talked to a few other activists, and they've mentioned that anytime they're doing some kind of radically, politically stuff online, they'll have some weird stuff happen with their phone. No, I have. I, no, I have. My, my phone's been good, so I must be uh, a little beta bitch. <laughs> you know me, you fucking muggle. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah. Well, thanks for well, calling in, Brady. Uh, appreciate you calling in. Yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, I think that's it. I did invite Phil to speak since I originally uh, uh, asked him to to come today. Uh, to to talk uh phil i know it's getting kind of later than than usual but i i i apologize for taking so long in the beginning when when you were here uh but uh if there's you know you still want to talk for a bit i i'm i i'm totally down to do that or if not we can do another episode and we can really go into uh uh just more of the details but uh just let me know yeah um yeah maybe another Episode because I, you know, I came back just to, yeah, say a couple things if you wanted, but yeah, I don't have much time. But that was a good show, bud. Um, thanks. I wanted to draw attention to that one link I posted. That was probably the best analysis I've heard in a video of the whole why does U.S. support Israel thing. Sure. Um, Ben Norton, Michael Hudson? Yeah, it's Benjamin Norton, Michael Hudson. Um, I'll repost it just so people... 
yeah I will I'll repost it in a second but it's, if, if you google um, Michael Hudson and Benjamin Norton it's like the last video they just did because I know he's he tries to have Michael Hudson on a lot it's it's Ben Norton's show um, mm -hmm. he tries to have him on a lot because that dude just knows so much um, yeah. but I didn't expect him to actually know so much on this topic but apparently and he goes into it in the video he talks about his own career and his past and like how close he's gotten to some of these um, figures in in the US government and in defense and he really really like spells it out and um it, it actually isn't the, the wag the dog thing it's closer to, i think you know he talks about how israel is very much doing us's bidding he talks yeah. about the what were previously um the two pillars for, he talks about this broader plan that us has had for for decades um about having sort of the the actors in each region that will sort of carry out its larger plans um in each region of the world and how it was uh -huh. uh, Saudi Arabia and Iran um, until um, the you know the, the Islamic Revolution, the, the revolution in '79. There, um, he talks about that being one big factor in sure. the U.S. Um, shifting support even more strongly to Israel. But he really uh, he says that that big switch started to happen between '67 and '73. I know that's true from my own understanding of the history. Um, up until 67, it really wasn't such a, a relationship like you see now. Um, yeah. The Six-Day War yeah. even. Why that, is I mean, That wasn't American weapons and planes. I think, I think they were using French planes at that time. Um, yeah. Okay. Before that, it was the Brits and the French. Before that, it was weirdly the right. Soviet Union that supported them. Right, and right. The American relationship with them really took off later. So yeah, he goes into it. He explains it. It's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I I I have it up now. I've been trying to mute it um, when it's been coming on on YouTube. But I'm I'm going to take a look at this. Uh, I got to watch this, and I got to watch that Jared Kushner one later, just to hear uh, what's going on. But um. Yeah, let's then 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 uh, maybe I can watch this. I can send you a message, and we can uh, plan out, uh, you know, what things we want to hit uh, next time uh, for uh, another episode on this. But I I really appreciate you reaching out and your willingness to uh, to speak about it. Yeah, sure. If I can say one thing too, because in the end, you guys were going over like what's something you can do besides. I don't know, just saying stuff and right. reading stuff and research, something that might make a difference. I mean, short of, you know, throwing your body in front of an arm shipment, um, right. which I don't think anyone here is going to do. Sorry, not calling you wusses, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Sure. I mean, th this is this is the type of thing that that I've spent a lot of time trying to figure out, too. There's one organization called Standing Together. Um, it's a group um, inside Israel. Um, it's made up of 
of uh, Palestinian citizens of Israel. So, right, that's the that's there's about twenty percent of the population there are, are Arab citizens. So I'm uh, so I don't know how much people know, but just to be clear, this these aren't people in Gaza or the West Bank, right? These are people living in Israel. Um, it's a solidarity group that's made up of members of, of Jewish Israelis and Arab Israelis, um, and they they oppose the occupation, oppose the siege on Gaza. They oppose the neoliberal neoliberalism, which it, it's interesting if you take the time to understand why. Um, I think they have they're solid. I follow them, and they actually do shit. Right now, they're working really hard to try to, uh, you know, prevent the kind of escalation that could lead to like a civil war. What I mean by that is, you know, a hostilities yeah. within the citizenship. Because that's happened before when there's been these kinds of assaults. Um, I do r recognize that 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 kind of organization and that kind of activism, it, it's not the same, you know, it, in a way, because you're sort of supporting a group that's within Israel, I think some people might already feel a certain way about that. But if you... If you want, this is my opinion with what I understand. That type of group that already has proven that they actually get people out in the street, that they actually um, stand for, I think, what most people want in terms of the, an the anti-occupation, um, um, a ceasefire. It, the, those people who actually have more control over the situation there on the ground. If if you want to support them, I, I actually think that's smart. You can you can look into them. Um, yeah. Do you do you also, have um but if you watch that sorry one more thing if you watch that Michael Hudson video he makes a pretty strong case that maybe the best thing an American can do, a US citizen can do is to you know because we have power here as citizens is to do everything you can to try to end uh, the aid to to Israel, the the military aid. Um, mm, yeah. But I know that's something I think a lot of people have been trying to work on for a while. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you, Do you have a link to to some of those on the ground groups that you were talking about, or something you could drop in 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 the chat so people know where to find it? I'll absolutely. I'll drop two links. I'll drop the video and I'll drop the link to the group I mean because I noticed that they did something kind of tricky which is another group used the same name was invented later and is actually a group that like sends yeah. food to the soldier like it was really yeah, tricky like I think that, they're yeah, trying to fuck up their, their, um, God, that's goofy. their program yeah, of course. It makes sense. It makes complete sense. Um, well, I dropped another link to the, the Ben Norton and Michael Hudson video that you put in. So uh, if you could drop a link to that that group, uh, that would be great. I'd really appreciate that. And I think a lot of people here would appreciate that too. So, Okay, great. I'll do that right now. Give me one minute to find it. Awesome. Uh, and in the minute that uh, Phil's finding that, I'm uh, going to end the show. Uh with, I don't know if I should play a song or something, if I should, you know, back in the day, I used to do like a wrap up of the show and talk a bit about 
other stuff that was going on. Um, well, maybe Amanda, I think Amanda might, uh, I don't know if she's trying to call in or not. She's come up and then down a couple of times. Um, uh, but let me, let me go ahead and make her the next caller. If she has anything to say, it'd be great. Amanda, did, were you trying to call in? Yeah. If you, if you put me on the speaker panel, I can play a song for you called seriously that I think you will like it. Your talk this evening made me think of it. Who's it by? It's by, um, it's by um, Sarah Bareilles, and it's sung by, um, what is his name? He was in Hamilton, and he has the same name. It makes me think he's a basketball person. I can't think of his name right now. It's called Seriously. If you're, if you're on an iPhone, you can yeah. go to the, the little music note at the top of the screen. You see it with the plus? Um, I don't have an iPhone, but let me see. It's called Seriously? Yeah. Seriously? Les- okay. Leslie Odom. By This American Life and Leslie Odom. Yep, okay, let me that, see if I can find that's it. That's it. Seriously, Sarah. Okay, I see. Oh, I saw Leslie Odom here. Yeah, it's Leslie o- Yeah, it's Leslie yeah. Odom. Junior. Because I uploaded it to call in, but I can only get to that panel when I when I'm on the speaker panel. That's why. Okay, Leslie Odom Jr. Okay, hold on. Let me see if I can. Sarah Leslie. Maybe I can just play it from YouTube. I'm sure I can find it there. Okay. okay let me see. Give me that. Okay, I'll play that. So here we go. Um, and Phil has dropped the link in the chat to the Standing Together uh, organizations. Glad to see you Let's here, Bide. I'm glad you're always here. Always a pleasure. Yeah, pleasure to see you too, Amanda, as always. Um, here's the song, Seriously, uh, as suggested by Amanda to play us out. Let's start with me. Do it in the mirror like a skipping stone. The ripples one, son of a god. Someone I didn't talk so. And I stand here, come back. And I take that seriously. But along the way, the road ripples turn the tide in action to what I tried to do, the rebirth of a nation's history, red, white, and blue, is black and red too, seriously. One hand, they writing the book on bad behavior, maybe cheats the neighbor, you'll see just what they pay for me can. An older path and send him on through. No man's ignorance will ever be his virtue. Is this the best we can do? 
series. Let's talk of fear. Why don't bring it in here? It's a dangerous word. Spooks the herd, and we all bleed in the stampede. Fear makes a false friend in me. And I take it seriously. Oh, hear me now. For the truth gets drowned out. I've been a god flexing. I've been a god flexing. Teach history repeating. Angry. Am I angry? You ask, am I angry? And I. After all we've done, every battle hard won, every head on grave in the name of this place, in a history black with incredible mistakes. And I pledge my allegiance to these united divided states. Let's end with why It's a question I Wanna ask of us as a populace Why not take our time For the weight of this story Seriously Great song, Amanda. Seriously, on This American Life by Sarah Barry Ellis and Leslie Odom Jr. Uh, Great pick. And uh, I hope all of you can take it seriously as well. Take care.